and welcome to I Made a Huge Mistake and the Rest of Development Podcast. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about episode number six, uh, Emotional Baggage. Uh, it was written by Evan Mann and Gareth Reynolds and directed by Troy Miller, uploaded on the 29th of May 2018, uh, along with the other episodes in the first half of the season. Um, and joining me to talk about today is Jordan Sam. Hello, Jordan. Hi. Um, so, yeah, this in this episode, uh, we get a bit more of, I think we're kind of deep into the fake block stuff. Um, so uh, we, we're coming off the party that was given for Buster um, the previous episode, but obviously he wasn't bailed out. Instead, Barry was. Um, and then, uh, like, George Michael is wanting to come clean pretty much for this entire season about how fake block is fake. And um, he just can't bring himself to do that. Uh, there's a nice bit of interaction where we find out that uh, Lilcia Bluth is taking beach walks with Dusty. Um, and she says that uh, he tickles my fancy. Uh, to which Job, Job, of course, as he always has, has got a sense of propriety over his parents. And so he doesn't like hearing about their sex lives or about their sex lives with other people. And so he kind of keeps wincing with pain whenever <laughs> this is being discussed. Um, and later on, you know, the kind of the phrase, he tickles my fancy, Job is like, I, he, he doesn't even know, want to know where her fancy is. Um, but he later says mom has him fancy whipped. Uh, so that gives an idea of uh, what he thinks is going on there. Um, and uh, <laughs> Job has this thing where he says that, you know, he's been Jobed, like he doesn't want to be Jobed today. Not realizing that obviously this, this phrase of failure is based on his name. He seems to be oblivious to it. Um, and, and, until Tobias uses it, yeah, and then he, and, I guess, and he, he <laughs> and he complains about it, and then he has that epiphany, and I just love how Michael's right there, and he's like, ah, oh, today is the day, <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, maybe and George Michael have a discussion in the backyard once again. Maybe he says maybe they should kiss to teach them a lesson. <laughs> George Michael, I think, is not clear on exactly how this would teach anyone a lesson. They kissed in the previous episode as well, and they've been doing a lot of kissing, basically. They're really leaning into this, like, something that took them, like, you know, a full year in the first season to get to. They're now kind of doing casually left, right, and center. And so uh, Michael and Job, uh, they get in their uh, their their car, uh, the kind of the, the new car that Michael has, and they're talking about how, um, you know... It, it, like how, how how Lucille was in a way the only kind of mother figure um, that I'm trying to remember who they were talking about. Um, but they were talking about uh, George Michael. Oh yes, yes at yeah, one point. yeah. George, they're talking about George Michael and how this is the, like the only mother figure he's known is is uh, is Lucille. And then they come to the realization that um, in a way she was their mom, <laughs> which is kind of. <laughs> Which yeah. I, I I like how they they kind of pause for a couple of minutes while they're driving along and then they realize it. Um, there's a whole thing with Stan Sitwell and Annette and uh, George Michael goes to see Annette, but she's not in makeup, so Stan, Stan Sitwell is he's having to you know close his eyes while she comes out. Uh, and this is where you know George Michael makes a decision to basically be a bad boy and to put off Rebel's father, um, and so he goes to the Howard party um, and he he's going to dye his hair pink. Uh, but it ends up being left in too long and it ends up being dyed Howard Red. Uh, and we have basically Ron Howard's real family here, with the exception, of course, of Rebel Alley, who is not really his daughter. Um, <laughs> along with, uh, I'm going to say, Oscar nominee, Oscar winner, Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she's only been Oscar nominated. Um, who's basically, uh, this is I don't know, this is the first time ever that she's probably done an, an episode of a TV show. Uh, if you can call Netflix TV, but uh, yeah. There's a really weird thing where when Michael meets Ron later on in the party, it's clear that Ron Howard is not on set and is green screened yeah, in. I noticed it. 
Yeah, so that's that's kind of weird. Um, but uh, you know, Tony um, uh, calls Job while he's in the LEM uh, with uh, with. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to remember her name now. I've lost Kitty. it. With Kitty, yeah. They go into the, the LEM, which obviously <laughs> is in Ron's office. Um, and then they talk about how like they could still be together, but they would taint each other's brand. Uh, later, that will get kind of switched around to brand each other's taint as well. Um, and George Sr. Oh, Tony Wander's still in the uh, Yeah, he's in a bag. baggage yeah, claim. In, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that more because I think that needs to be got into. But yeah. yeah. Um, and George Sr. goes to visit Buster. He he attempts to get himself killed by running at... Uh, he gives Buster some advice and he says that, you know, you, you it, like don't mess with the skinheads, which in this case are mostly guards. And so George Cena tries to get himself killed by running at a guard, but then the guard just hugs him. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, Tobias goes to track down Lindsay and they get approached by the Mexican Romneys. This thing is still going on with the Mexican Romneys. Uh, Michael gets to the party and he speaks to Bryce Dallas Howard, who of course complains that, you know, uh, her sister's new boyfriend has dyed his hair Bryce Dallas Howard red. Um, and the Bluth series is then, after a conversation with the late great Rance Howard, is now going to be a streaming series about Buster. Um, and we get a little kind of piece of that when we get to the on the next, where, where Ron Howard says, on the next, on the next, we'll see what happens on the next. And it's just like the word on the next four times. It's really, this is a phrase, it may, it's really, the way he does it is kind of brilliant. Um, and we see Ron Howard interviewing Tony Hale, and then Tony Hale, seeing that Ron Howard has a lack of hair, decides to try and get himself uh, killed and runs at Ron Howard and starts for... strangling him. Oh, wait, no, no. I think that was, he told him that you have to find, like, the biggest, strongest. Oh, yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to take, take him down, down to get yeah. the respect. So he tries to take down Ron Howard, and, of course, then the guard joins in and restrains Ron Howard on the table. Uh, there's a nice little discussion about how Rance Howard wants this to all be taken place in, a, in like, a... a a wide shot not like singles and so ron howard is like you know has has the interview done in a, a wide shot and then change decides to change his mind and and says they need an overhead and obviously what he's describing is what's actually already been shot because you can see the overhead camera and all so the, <laughs> it's it's not it's a nice little bit of kind of it, it kind of in universe business um so yeah um i i mean out of all this kind of stuff, I, I mean, obviously, I always love Maybe, so I think some of her stuff as Annette is quite funny. Um, but, you know, mm. like her, I don't know, her kind of talking about kind of getting rid of, um, you know, kind of the, like making George Maharis into a bad boy and kind of pissing <laughs> off Ron Howard is kind of funny and how that kind of goes awry. And I like how this leads... Oh, this, this, leads this was after he, he tried the first thing with, with her, right? Because... Yeah, I just wanted to remember this the shoehorn on a stick <laughs> thing because that's usually on the TV that uh, Stan Sitwell was was watching. I think. Yeah, we've seen that advert because it's, I think it's got Rance Howard in as well um, for the like, uh, voice by Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So there's there's uh, yeah that's kind of in the background, but yeah, it's it's a funny little yeah. thing that keeps the Shudini keeps appearing in uh, in various episodes. Um, but we also we have this we have this 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 thing here with um, you know uh, Ron Howard kind of talking about his early beginnings, and I like how the narrator jumps in and says, "And Brian," <laughs> and he's like, you know, look at me now, and it's like, "And Brian," he keeps enter like at like because of like the rivalry between the two of them, he keeps having to throw "And Brian" in on the narration, which I think is a nice thing. But yeah, I I like how George Michael attempt like. 
he does the whole thing of like uh, when he's offered some hot dogs, he tries to be a bad boy, and he's like, he's like, I don't like hot dogs. And then there's like a really long pause, and then he just goes, "I love them." <laughs> and then all, and, oh, and then yeah, in that moment where the family where they talk about how oh we just laugh at everything, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, when we're when we're happy at jokes, doing awkward pauses, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I I love the whole you know I don't like it I love it and then everybody starts laughing and you know like instantly George Ma- he's out the back kind of taking selfies with the family and like he's completely you know in and then of course Bryce Dallas Howard lets slip to um, to his you know his father that obviously you know Rebels only using him because he's a uh, you know he's a a, a, a kind of a, a tycoon a, a tech startup tycoon that's the only reason she's only using him for his money. Uh, which I, I think is is quite funny because obviously he has no money, um, but uh, yeah, I I, I, I kind of like all the like the kind of the the stuff with um, Fate Block is some of my favourite stuff from the previous series. Um, they kind of really like in the second half of this se- of the of the kind of this this kind of um, set of episodes, they kind of really get into the whole Fate Block thing and everything. Whereas in the first half, they're kind of just little tiny pieces of George Michael being constantly resentful of the fact that everybody thinks Fate Block is this big thing, and he's kind of guilty that he kind of it, he knows it isn't. Uh, obviously, maybe knows it isn't. Um, and and like by the end of the series they'll kind of resolve that but it's just one of those things that's basically kind of a big story uh, in the second half more than in the first half of this season um, but uh, it's still quite funny and I, I there's some other kind of bits and pieces in here that I kind of enjoy um, I mean the kind of you know he tickles my fancy and Job kind of being physically <laughs> repulsed uh, I, I just I kind of love everything that Will Arnett does with that. <laughs> like it's something that he's always done like how for some reason he hates hearing about his parents like in any kind of sexual way so he like he's just kind of you know outraged by this these kind of mentions of uh, of her her fancy being tickled um, and when she's like talking about how like like taking walks on the beach and he's like I don't even know I don't even know what that means <laughs> like he's interpreting everything as sexual and then kind of disgusting himself. Uh, and there's a funny line where Tobias says here that, you know, he's going to go and seek out Marky Bark. And he says, oh, yes, from the cuckolding, um, which <laughs> is kind of Just... a, a weird moment of self-awareness from uh, from Tobias there. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think like aside from like the Howard party, which I think is kind of the main set piece of this episode. And, you know, the kind of conversation with Rand, Rance Howard and the weird thing that for some reason... Ron Howard isn't anywhere near Jason Bateman, which I, I it's such a, a weird touch. Yeah. Um, I like again we get the Mexican Romneys. I'm not a big fan of all that. Uh, again, there's a lot of people going backwards and forwards. So Tobias going back to Mexico. Uh, we've already had you know the cousins going to Mexico. We've already had uh, George Senior and Job going to Mexico. <laughs> like they keep going backwards and forwards to Mexico, despite the fact that they no longer own any land there. So there's no real reason for them to keep going back. Um, but yeah, I don't feel like we get enough of a net. I, I, I mean, I think uh, Alia Shawcat's kind of alternate personality in this is is kind of fun, and the whole like the fact that she's kind of being consumed by a net is kind of is kind of funny. And you know, it, it's one of the it's one of the things that as this as the series goes on, and particularly in the the second half of the episodes, they kind of really like lean on maybe being a net a lot more. Um, but I don't know. Is there, I mean, is there anything else in here? I mean, the stuff in the LEM is kind of oh. funny. Um, between well, Kitty and I, I and, and Job, where they're, they're kind of talking about yeah. the monkeys and they're trying to do impressions of the monkeys, yeah. and I like I like how Job misinterprets the fact that monkeys were sent into space and thinks they were sent in the Apollo thirteen module, <laughs> uh, and he's like they probably didn't even know how to work half the stuff in here, um, you know. So I think that's funny, um, but 
I, nothing else really stands out in this episode to me. I gotta be honest with you. It's kind of well. Uh, there's just it's more of just like random things that are really that I really liked. Like um, Joe <laughs> Job's uh, ringtone is "Getaway," so they of brought course. that back for, yeah. for that when he was uh, talking to uh, uh, Kitty, and then. I always, I always love how they come up with ridiculous names for for uh, for um, lawyers and 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 attorneys and stuff like that because th- I'm pretty sure this is the first time they mention the district attorney Lottie Dottie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and they show the sign where it's like as DA, so it's Lottie Dottie Da. Yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 obviously this is this is before they have uh, her actually entered. I think mm-hmm. they only show her picture, and then um, it's not until we get to the final episode of the season that we actually uh, get to meet her. Um, uh, best yeah. known to everybody is the mom from Six Feet Under. I think would probably be the <laughs> easiest way to, to kind of say who she is. Um, but yeah, I mean, all the stuff of trying to figure out how to get Buster out of jail and Buster being in jail. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I you know, I love Tony Hale, but I just don't think he's being given you know really good stuff to do. And George Senior being cuckolded himself. <laughs> by uh, Dusty like again I don't think that's like we've seen that done before like we've seen mm. you know Lucille be unfaithful we've seen George be unfaithful uh, we've seen Lucille be unfaithful with Oscar so affected and and you know be unfaithful with George thinking it was Oscar so like we've kind of seen all that and I just don't feel it's really adding a huge amount and, and by the end of the season it doesn't it doesn't really come to anything um, you know it's like it's a nice way to kind of keep keep Dusty around but he could have easily been introduced in the episode where they decide to have him as a lawyer. Like all this, all these kind of little bits of backstory with Dusty, it just feels kind of unnecessary. And it does to me, it just like, he's not really bringing anything to it aside from an atrociously bad looking wig, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not, I no at no point am I ever convinced that that's his hair. Like, you know, if you just, I mean, obviously when they cut it, they go to, they actually use his real hair, but the wig just looks terrible and fake. And it just, just means that the character doesn't feel real to me. Um, you know, whereas obviously David Cross wore a fake mustache for one seasons, one to three of this thing. So, and never did I feel that Tobias's mustache was ever an issue. Whereas that, that kind of wig with Dusty just makes me feel like that whole storyline doesn't really go anywhere. And I've already kind of said this, but I feel like they're misusing, Ed Begley Jr. is Stan Sitwell. They're just having him have like his head bandaged up and keeps getting hit over the head. And like, it just, like, it doesn't fit. Like, the character used to be kind of a bit sharper and used to be like a, ref- like, kind of used as a mirror against George Bluth. Like, he was kind of the more moral version of George Bluth and more successful version of George Bluth. You know, like, he was a person who actually built homes as opposed to George <laughs> Bluth, who just had yeah, this one model home. I think even one in one of these, ep- one, not. But episode, someone's like says, "Oh, we put a put a lot of people in uh, Bluth's, or a lot of people's first home was Bluth's." And he says, "Oh no, I like some uh, some because of the cornballer." Yeah, he sued. Thing, he gotta, sued. He sued as part of the class action against the cornballers, and that and with that money, he he got into a sitwell. Um, and he, and Michael's like, "Oh, we put a lot of people in those too." Yeah. So, it, but so it, but it just feels like Stan Sitwell here is kind of this doddering old fool who keeps hitting his head and mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't can't figure out that Annette is not an old woman. And I like it. Just feels like a like the character used to be fun in small doses and kind of clever, and now it just feels like they they don't know how to write Ed Begley Jr. anymore, and it just doesn't really work for me. 
um you know and i mean again we've also got a lot of kind of back and forth with tobias who is you know he's effectively homeless and he's going around with um you know his extremely unfunny son and they're kind of back and forth trying to track down Lindsay and uh, like I understand why they they kind of had to do this with the Lindsay storyline because effectively they put her front and center having her as running it against Sally Sitwell. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know she's she's kind of important in the story that way. Um, but then you know obviously Portia de Rossi didn't want to do any more than five episodes out of the sixteen. So it's kind of a lot of where is Lindsay and it doesn't feel like that story is really handled properly. Um, you know, uh, and I mean. Other than that, I do kind of like how Ron Howard decides that instead of it being a TV show or a movie, it's now a streaming series, which obviously you know is the biggest kind of call out to Netflix. And he just yells, <laughs> "We got a streamer!" Uh, so they go and they go and get the paperwork. So I think that's a funny moment. But other than that, I don't feel like there's a huge amount in this episode. Like there's a lot of people standing around, kind of discussing stuff that they've already gone over, and then kind of going somewhere to kind of go over the same thing again. Um, yeah, I really like the conversation between Michael and Joe where they're realizing that the only mother figure in George Michael's life is their mother. And then the fact that they refer to her as maybe in a, in a way she was also like our mother figure, like that kind of distance from their own lives is, is funny. Um, but other than that, I don't like this is probably one of the more disappointing episodes. Uh, I think as well, like the Howard family come off really well. Uh, you know, kind of willing to make fun of themselves. Um, you know, yeah. and, and in particular, like Bryce Dallas being like really jealous of Rebel is like a funny story. Um, but but outside of that, it's like like there's not really there's not even a huge amount of George Michael. Like he's in a few conversations, and you see him at the Howard party. But other than his hair being red, and him you know deciding that he doesn't like hot dogs, he loves them. He he's just kind of in the background, and it just it doesn't feel like they're really. It's, there's more Michael at that party than there is George Michael, and it's <laughs> yeah, kind of disappointing. Like, there was that one point that still gets me though, where like uh, after they had like a conversation, and uh, Michael really mess you know messes up with with his son Reed and that whole thing, and they they go off and like he pats pats him and he's like thank you he was like thanks for. Uh, uh, sneaking onto my par- uh, property uninvited or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> just kind of reminding him that you're trespassing, but not doing anything about it. Yeah, it's, instead of saying thanks for coming, he's like, thanks for trespassing. Uh, yeah, there is a kind of, uh, there is a funny joke when he's like, you know, Ron Howard can't read, which was like a, a joke that was in season four, where he's like referring to his son, Reed Howard. And then, of course, Bryce Dallas Howard says, you know, about Reed and but I like it feels less clever than something that would have been in the original series. It it feels like t- it's kind of too like I think Michael's actually cl- like better than that. Like I don't think he would have kind of made I, I don't know it it didn't it didn't feel it didn't really make me laugh. And I was like okay, it's a funny bit of wordplay with the fact that you know Ron Howard has a son called Reed, but it's like I I don't know you know. You've got Rance, Ron, and Reed, and it's like it seems like people get named ridiculous things if you're in the Howard family. So, um, you know, as Bryce Dallas and Rebel Alley show, um, but I, like it just didn't feel like it was a joke that really went anywhere. And also the fact that Ron Howard was CGI was kind of weird. Like that they green screened yeah. him in was just such a weird move, <laughs> and it's so kind of obvious that like because their eye lines like, they kind of match, but they're not quite there. And everything with Ron Howard is like you know back of the head, and it's. It's kind of it's kind of weird. It's just like such a weird, I guess like the schedules didn't align or whatever. But at the same time, it's such a weird thing to see because you're like, why is Ron yeah. Howard not on set for for these two scenes with 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 Michael? Um, yeah, because like 
the real it's so jarring that you think that you think they would actually make it a actual thing like an actual joke or something like that and call it out because yeah it's, it's weird it's that the not narrator, very subtle yeah it's weird that the narrator didn't say something like i didn't want to be there that day or you know like i've never really met michael or like they they didn't kind of like call it out in the in the commentary which is what i would have kind of expected because that's what they've done in the past with like obvious jokes like that they've had the the narrator say stuff you know like but in this case you know aside from the Anne brian joke there wasn't really much from the narrator um you know that kind of made it like a bit funnier like that's what i feel like they needed to do was just something to kind of make it like if you're going to do that at least give us something from the narrator because that is the narrator he's on screen <laughs> so it, it seems like the easiest time to make that kind of joke like don't draw attention to the fact that Portia de Rossi and um, Ben Stiller aren't on set at any point like don't draw attention to that <laughs> but draw attention to the, this bit because it's funny but I don't know um, but let's talk about probably the best set piece in the entire this, this episode which is the phone call from Tony Wonder um, again, um, Ben Stiller wasn't on set for any of this first half of the series. Uh, even when he does the trick at the end, he's green screened onto the uh, the closet, um, the closet uh, thing, the, the double closet, whatever trick. Um, so it's funny how they have him making a phone call. He's inside some luggage. Um, and he says, my assistant's picking me up, of course, unless she picks up like an identical bag. And I think that's what happens right before he says that. Um, someone comes past and takes yeah. a bag away and I think that's his assistant picking up the wrong bag and he's like otherwise I'm going to go to <laughs> lost luggage um, and I like, like unclaimed and he's like yeah we, that's how we lost the great oh I forgot the name of the, <laughs> he mentions another magician that <laughs> yeah who obviously got who got like, who got kind of un, unclaimed and I'm guessing ended up dying um, yeah so I, I kind of like this whole thing where they have the split screen phone call thing because they've done it with Tony Wonder before um, and obviously they're both trying to say same, like as they did before, um, but they keep missing it. Uh, and I, I like how once it gets to like the end, they both go, oh, well, I guess that's over there. <laughs> like, they can no longer <laughs> yeah. speak in sync. And they're like, there was a time when we both spoke in unison and they say that in unison. <laughs> yeah. But then they, they can't, they can't hit the other beats in unison, which is a wonderful joke. Yeah. So, but it's really funny because they just show the split screen of this bag and it makes you wonder how, <laughs> yeah. like... Uh, the the film crew is there filming Tony Wonder in a bag for some reason, um, <laughs> like in an airport, and nobody's saying anything. Uh, so I I, I I I like that kind of gag. But yeah, uh, that's probably the funniest part of the entire of this episode. But uh, it's very brief. Uh, aside from obviously Joe making fun of the monkeys who probably didn't even know how to operate <laughs> Apollo thirteen, which is, again is a great gag. Both him and uh, Kitty just kind of doing the impressions of monkeys. <laughs> it's like that it. Like you, you, neither of you seem to understand. Monkeys were never in the LEM. That like, <laughs> they, you know, yeah. they they were in orbit. They never landed, so they would never have needed to be in a lander. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, uh, and I I don't know. I I just I that's the only thing I really kind of, you know, enjoyed in this in this whole thing. And the, and you know like. It, it's it's kind of, you know it's kind of it's kind of funny that you know like job is is having this conversation with someone in a bag like that's just that's just kind of amusing um and then i do kind of like the on the next on the next on the next on the next arrest <laughs> like that the repetition of the next and it works because if you follow it you understand what they're saying um so it's it's a nice it's a nice little thing but uh yeah i t you know 
Tobias is kind of wandering around the episode, going from place to place, kind of as Michael had been in the first half of this this part of the series, where for three or four episodes, he just felt like Michael was visiting locations for no particular reason. But yeah, I think this is probably one of the more unsatisfying episodes of the show. Um, you know, the stuff with the Howards is nice. The stuff with Job kind of talking to a bag, that's good. Everything else just feels a little bit kind of like going through the motions until they can kind of get to the end of the season. It's, it, it does feel like they're trying to just make sure they hit some beats that they need for like later in the story. Cause I think this is also where uh rebel first offers to give him, give his, co- give uh, George Michael a loan to his company. And yeah. that becomes like a thing back and forth for like what, whether to get money from her or not. All the way to the last episode. It basically starts yeah. here and it's, but we have that story for about 10 more episodes now. So um, yeah, yeah. It kind of just keeps going and they keep trying to not get her to invest, but they also need the money. So it just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but aside from that, like it just doesn't feel like anything in this episode really gets pushed forward. I mean, Tobias goes to Mexico and then comes back from Mexico. What gets achieved? Nothing. Um, you know, we get to see the Mexican Romneys again, and they're still not funny. Like they weren't funny the first time. They're not funny the second time. They're definitely not funny now. Um, so it it just kind of I don't know. It just feels like a bit of a disappointment of an episode. So uh, is there anything else we need to cover about this episode, or rather, like? other crude thing about the other part of the Omni next with uh maybe and and uh and stan sitwell there but i don't think that's really important <laughs> no and that goes nowhere either because obviously yeah she spends the next two episodes just trying to get rid of stan sitwell which she's been trying to do for five episodes <laughs> so yeah know, so it doesn't really it doesn't really kind of go anywhere and, and that again yeah. the whole and it, it, like in the next episode it that may, that may as well as not even happen so uh well then mm. let's go to plugs is there anything that you wish to plug children um yes yeah, so i'd like to plug uh uh the uh podcast done by a friend of mine that's called alphabet flight he basically has been pretty consistently on tuesday thursday and saturday putting out a episode talking about the a character from the marvel universe in the the old styled uh, official handbook thing that they do where they do all the stats and stuff like that he's like done an entry a day for each of those and and has been putting them out he's finally getting to the end of it and now he's working to towards the book of the dead and you can find us on twitter at a huge mistake pod or on facebook at i've made a huge mistake thanks for being my guest for this episode oh, i had fun and otherwise goodbye Bye.